Welcome to the audio ministry of Grove Park Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina. We pray you will be blessed by today's message. I invite you to take your copy of God's Word now and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Telling Eliza on the way in this morning that uh, today's text was the text that was preached at convocation at Duke Divinity my first year. And I, she said, isn't it strange how you remember those things? And I said, yes. And as I have pondered that since I said that to her, it's also occurred to me that I don't remember a single thing that was said. I just remember the text. So my prayer for you today is that you remember something I say. And we do not have a repeat of 21 years ago this coming week. Oh my goodness, I'm old. Uh, so, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Let's pray. Kind Father, we thank you for... The fact, Lord, that your word speaks. Sometimes, Lord, we hear and forget. Sometimes we hear and remember. And sometimes, Lord, we don't hear at all. But, Lord, you never fail to speak. And so, Lord, my prayer today is that we would hear and remember. And not just remember, but that we would be doers of what we hear. And what we remember. Father, bless me with the words that are needed for those gathered together to hear from you as we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we looked at the necessity that all receive the full benefits of God's abundant grace. Today, we encounter a passage of Scripture that captures the impact of receiving those full benefits of grace in our lives. Paul tells the Corinthians, quite simply, in verse number 17, If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Beloved, do you ever stop to ask yourself, what does it mean to be a new creature? Well, think about it in terms of babies. When babies are born, quite simply, they are 
a blank slate. Everything is new to a baby. They see the world through new eyes. They see the world and they have to learn how to walk in it. Babies don't come out walking. They have to learn how to speak. I remember holding Scarlett on the day that she was born and, and thinking to myself as I gazed down into uh, her face, what would her voice sound like? Some days I wonder what it would sound like to not hear her voice continuously speak. But I, I, I distinctly remember thinking, what is she going to sound like? Babies need to learn how to speak. They have to learn how to think. We don't expect children to know exactly how to think, do we? We give them instructions on how to put processes together. We explain to them the basis of why we do something. Why do you look both ways before you cross the street? Because a car could become flying by. In other words, we are teaching them to be aware of their surroundings. So we're teaching them to be thinking all the time about what is going on around them. We start with something small, but we work bigger and bigger and bigger as we go. Beloved... Understand something, the same things that we apply and how we teach babies to become more and more mature is also necessary for the Christian. The new Christian should see the world differently. They should, be, they should need to learn how to walk in it, to walk by faith and not by sight. They should learn how to speak so that they are speaking with words of love and words of grace. They should know how to do life through being a new creation in Christ Jesus. Quite simply, they should learn how to be a disciple of Jesus. And beloved, understand, this is why it is so important for those of us who think ourselves to be mature Christians to act like it. You know, when I do a baby dedication and I carry the baby all around the church, generally as I'm coming up this row right here, I start saying something about the fact that it is incumbent upon each of us to help raise this baby, that it takes a village and it, as part of the charge to the church, I say that you have to live lives that exemplify faith in Jesus Christ. Beloved, understand something. I am not just speaking off the top of my head so that I can sound pretty and have some rhetorical fluff that gets it back up to the, the, back up to the mother. I am saying we call ourselves disciples of Jesus Christ, and so we must look more and more like Jesus and not more and more like ourselves. Yes, we want Grove Park to be a disciple-making church, but the question before us, before we even look at what it means to make disciples, 
is to ask ourselves once more, how well are we undergoing the process of discipleship ourselves? Or maybe a better way to phrase the question is, how new do you look today? Do you look more like Jesus than you did yesterday? You know, one of the problems I think the modern church has here in America is that we say the gospel results in changed lives, which is true, but I think it allows us to get off the hook sometimes. We say, well, I'm not as bad as I once was. Now understand when you say that, what that means. When you say, I'm not as bad as I once was, what does that imply? You still bad. I know that's not great English, but it's the truth. It means that, you know, you, you might still run red lights, but you don't beat your spouse. Well, guess what, beloved? That's still not good. I don't want us to say that the gospel simply results in changed lives. Because the gospel says that the, it results in new life. And so, beloved, how tarnished are you today? Because God wants to perpetually allow grace into your life to work you into a new person every day. Paul gives us the key to this experience in Romans 12, 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The word here for transformed in the original language is metamorpho. It's where we get the word metamorphosis. You know what uh, caterpillars undergo. They undergo metamorphosis and come out as butterflies. Beloved, God expects you every day, notice he says, by the daily renewing of our mind, to become something new every single day. Moment by moment. So the question for us is, what are you doing to make yourself new? What are you doing to make yourself new each day? Are you exposing yourself to the things that cause you to grow in grace? Are you, are you working to ensure that you are getting enough grace intake every day that is causing you to transform yourself? So I told you all a week ago, two weeks ago now, I guess, that I had to go to the doctor. Well, I went to the doctor, and on Monday, the doctor called. This past Monday, the doctor called and, and gave me a whole list of things that's wrong. Nothing major. I'm not going to fall dead. Don't worry. But, but, but again, like I knew that she would, she said, lay off the hamburgers. So let me tell you something. This week, I went and I got for lunch twice this week, salad. 
my body rebelled. I mean, it is like an internal civil war going on inside of me. And, 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 you know, I kept thinking to myself, you know, Mark, if you hadn't exposed yourself to this, this wouldn't be happening. Beloved, when you expose yourself to grace, very often it's going to upend your life if it's doing what it needs to. And I fear that sometimes we decide to stay away from grace because we don't want to be upended. We don't want to change. But God wants to upend you every day to make you new, to make you better than you were the day before so that you look more and more like Him in the days to come. Are you exposing yourself to grace in your everyday life sufficient that it is changing who you are? Are you reading things that cause you to re-examine the various issues about your faith so that you are stretched in your faith, so that you grow in your faith? Or are you just continually going back to the same thing again and again and again and again and again? People ask me all the time, why did I go to Duke for divinity school? And I tell them, quite simply, it's because I already knew what I believed. I need to be exposed to other things. I need to be exposed to other things that I don't even know I need to be exposed to so that I can grow in my faith, so I can pick up what I might need for faith and I can discard what I don't need. But beloved, if you keep going back to the same old hole again and again and again and expect something new, the only thing new you're going to get is when the hole closes in on top of you. You're not going to get new sunlight because you're going to be digging deeper and deeper and deeper down into it. But if you're exposing yourself continuously to new things, you can be stretched. I was having lunch with a colleague this week and I said to him that our next book club uh, reading was going to be Jesus and the Disinherited by Dr. Howard Thurman. And he looked at me and he didn't even blink. He said, do you know what you're getting yourself into? I said, yes, sir, I certainly do, or I think I do. I said, and we're going to be better for it. Beloved, I'm not telling you today to throw out the old. I'm not. The old is where we get our foundations. And when we forget our foundations, we are in trouble. I'll go back to the fact that my memory isn't as good as it used to be, but there is one marching band rehearsal that I remember above all else when I was at Carolina, and it was the, it was the Tuesday after we had an absolutely horrible marching performance on Saturday. And we got there that day on that Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, and Mr. Fuchs said to us, he said, don't worry about next week's show, don't worry about the music, you're going to march for the next two hours. And it wasn't fun marching where we were doing circles and things like that. No, it was literally marching from one end to the other. Until we learn how to march in step again. Until we learn how to take cues off of each other on the other side of us. Until we got back to the fundamentals and the basics. Don't throw out the old, beloved. Add to it. God expects us 
to grow daily in the renewal of our minds into something new each and every day. If we expect God to have fresh grace for us each day to confront the things that we have never imagined before, I believe that God expects us to use the fresh grace to have a fresh outlook and a fresh understanding of what He is calling us to do with the new that He just placed in our lives. And why is that, you may be wondering. Well, Paul tells us in the next two verses. Verse 18 says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Beloved, let us never lose sight of the fact that discipleship, that making disciples, is not simply about us growing in faith, but is also about us going out in faith and sharing with the world the message of reconciliation. We have a message to tell It is a message that says that God loves the world so much that He sent Jesus to the world to build the bridge that would allow us to be reconciled to Him and have relationship with our Creator. So are you telling the world that today? You know, we have to have fresh faith We have to have grown in our faith so that we can be able to express that message which never grows old in new ways to an ever-changing society. It doesn't matter today, beloved. You know, you could send the message 150 years ago by telegraph, but Western Union doesn't even deliver telegraphs anymore. Now you got to figure out how to do a DM on your Twitter. And some of you are going, what's a DM? Exactly. It's a whole new world of communication. Scarlett can speak a whole language in emojis that I have no clue what she's saying. God calls us to be able to say this message, be reconciled to Him by giving us fresh faith every day. But also notice one other thing. That he says that given he gives to us the message of reconciliation. But when we go out into the world, we better be careful how we present that message and make sure that it is his message. Jesus said to the disciples in John 13, 35, that they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Beloved, here's the simple truth of the matter. In today's society, Christians present a message of fear rather than a message of love. We fear the changing world around us, and so we do not engage it. We fear the loss of institutions we cherish, and so cower in fear and exert massive energies on protecting those institutions instead of cherishing the message of reconciliation which can go out into the world and change it and take away the things that we think are threatening us. We perceive the world around us, yes, as a threat, and so we fear it. And we forget that God never perceived the world as a threat, 
No, God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We fail to allow our minds and our hearts to be continuously transformed by love. And when we fail to do that, beloved, it is not simply that we come in with a D minus. It means that we have failed. Period. It's not a time for us to think about faith over fear. It might sound like a nice slogan to put on a t-shirt, but beloved, hear me, it's not biblical. The Bible never says that faith drives out fear. The Bible says love drives out fear. And so when we give this message of reconciliation, it shouldn't be given in a, in a spirit of fear, but it should be given in a spirit of love. It should be given in the same spirit that God gives to us when He speaks His messages of grace and love to us. So understand, it's important for you to be growing in your faith, but it is also equally as important for you to be displaying love through your faith as a means to show that you are growing in your faith as you share the message of your faith. Finally, we should be cognizant of, of Paul's last admonition in verse number 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of God, be reconciled to God. My phone has just told me that Kabul has fallen. And now I'm thinking about the American ambassador to there. What is his job? His job right now is to represent this country. His job is to represent this country to a people who do not like us. His job is to say the words that are needed to be said about what this country believes to that country. He is the ambassador to that country. Beloved, when the Bible says that you are God's ambassador, understand something. He has called you to be His representative, to speak His message to people who don't believe in His message and who are hostile to His message, possibly, but who certainly doesn't come under His authority. We think of disciple-making, beloved, as miracle grow. We think now, somehow or another, in modern American church, that, that, that disciple-making is what we do when we make other Christians grow better in their faith. But Paul makes it a point here that says, you're to be his ambassador 
to someone who is not a disciple. You're to be the one who gives the message to someone who is not a disciple. And it's not just that you're going through life just saying the words as you go through Harris Teeter or you go through K&W or you go through Lowe's or Home Depot. No, no, no. Hear me. It's a specific ambassador. I have long toyed with this thought, beloved. And that is just walking up to random Grove Parkers and asking them this phrase. Who has God laid on your heart to share the gospel with that doesn't know him? I'm afraid to do it. I confess to you, I'm afraid to do it. Because I'm afraid that I'm going to hear, uh. I'm afraid that I'm not going to hear someone say that, that God has so burdened my heart about this person that I wake up in the middle of the night and I just cry out to him for somehow or another they to come to faith. I beg God for opportunities for me to share the message of reconciliation to them. I'm doing everything in my power to bestow upon them what grace I have through faith so that they get through my life some little tiny want to experience it more. Beloved, disciple-making, if Grove Park is to be disciple-making, it does not simply mean that we are to be growing ourselves in our discipleship, but that we are going out and we are ambassadors to specific people that God has laid on our hearts to make them disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You say, I can't do that. Well, then you just called the next part of that phrase in Matthew a lie. Because the next phrase says, And behold, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. And beloved, if God is with you, you can go do anything. You can go do anything. Who are you the ambassador to for God today? And if you can't answer that question, beloved, in just a few short moments, I'm going to give an invitation. And you need to come down and ask God to put somebody on your heart. Because if, if you're not working as his ambassador, you're failing in your discipleship. I desperately want Grove Park to be a disciple-making church. Because our disciples beget disciples, beget disciples, beget disciples. I want Larry Sneed to have to figure out how to put chlorine in that tank up there so that it is never empty. You say, Preacher, that's a pipe dream. We're an old congregation. What do we have to offer? I'm going to tell you something that my mother tells me every time I complain about being 43. She says, you're only as old as you think. And beloved, 
if you are engaging in discipleship for yourself and you are becoming renewed each and every day such that you are new each and every morning and you are being that new creature in Christ Jesus, then it doesn't matter if you are 9 or 99, you are still young and still have something to show someone about the message of reconciliation. So here's the question. Will we be a church that looks old and thinks young? One of the earliest memories of my faith walk is my mother. My mother was my first Sunday school teacher that I remember. And it was about three years old. And mother was, mother, that was back in the days where you cram memory verses in children. I don't even know if they do that now. But, but, you know, you had a memory verse every Sunday morning and you would give that memory verse. And generally you gave that memory verse at the assembly between Sunday school and, and big church. And so one Sunday morning I got out there and mother had drilled the verse into me as she was wont to do with the rest of my class. And evidently that morning I was the one that was going to give the memory verse for the day. And I walked out there in front of our church and I said, If any man be in Christ, he is a new preacher in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? Not a new creature. New preacher. Some of you today need to remember that you have that message that you need to go preach. And that you are in Christ and He has made you to go preach that message of reconciliation. Some of you need to know that you are the ambassador that God has called to someone. And you need to figure out who that appointment is. Some of you need to retool your message. All of us need to be better disciples. So that Grove Park is a grace-centered, disciple-making church. Will you be new today? Let us pray. Help us to be new, O Lord. We are called to be your people, sharing the message of love. We are to go and love the world into freedom, as one minister said. So that being free, we can experience true love. Show us where our message is not yours. Show us where our discipleship is waning. Show us where we are failing in our call to be an ambassador. Help us answer your call today as we make our prayer 
in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please note our schedule has been revised as of April 2021. Please join us on Sunday mornings for worship at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary at 108 Trail 1 in Burlington or on Facebook Live. For more information and resources regarding our church, please visit groveparkchurch.net. And remember, grace abound. Thank you.